Hey beautiful people, welcome to my channel. Rahu and Ketu study part 11. Now we are entering the zone of Scorpio. Rahu in Scorpio. Going through Jeshtha Nakshatra and to Anuradha Nakshatra. Right off the bat you got to see this is going to be an intense stuff. Scorpio is everything intense. Think about Mars and Ketu together. What, are the, what is a fiery planet like Mars doing in a watery sign like Scorpio? Just think about that. Water stands for emotions. Mars being a fiery planet equals to fiery emotions. Intense fiery internal emotions. Ketu being Moksha Karaka, co-ruled by Mars and Ketu, Scorpio, should tell you a story that there is a lot of past life energy there. So Scorpio is intensely a karmic sign. Okay. So when you place Rahu here, what happens in Jeshta Nakshatra? And in the previous one, in part 10, I forgot to mention to you, the Mula Nakshatra and Jeshta are in the Gandanta points. Remember the Gandanta points video? That's going between the fire and the water signs. It's moving from Sagittarius. Now we are going into Scorpio. So Scorpio to Sagittarius is a transition sign, right? Water going into fire signs, Pisces to Aries, Leo to Cancer or Cancer to Leo and Scorpio to Sagittarius. These are the transformational points and Rahu Ketu being transformational nodes, the so-called karmic nodes, which many astrologers go endlessly about. These ones will become the transformational energies one is required to solve in this lifetime. So it becomes pretty intense. And remember this, Rahu is Bhogakaraka. Rahu wants material stuff. Rahu wants to gain fame, popularity, wealth, abundance, materialistic stuff. Okay, He wants all this good stuff of life. But Scorpio is not interested in that. Scorpio is interested in intense internal emotions, fiery internal all-consuming emotions, links to the other side of the veil, psychic energy, that's all Scorpio. Now what does a guy who wants all materialistic stuff doing in Scorpio? Very interesting, isn't it? So it becomes all very headless. Rahu is truly headless in Scorpio because of this reason. Because it wants material stuff, Scorpio wants nothing to do with material stuff. It wants only emotion. And ironically speaking, these kind of signs will become very good psychologists, psychiatrists. They will think about doing helping people with their minds, with their intensity. Intensity of emotions which drives people nuts. Go to a psychologist or psychiatrist chair, you will find all nutty characters who are losing their mind. Right? So they become good at studying that. Rahu wants to bring that as a study. Because Rahu loves to bring the stuff in the external world, in the material world. It doesn't want to keep stuff inside like Scorpio does. It wants to bring that knowledge outward. So they may make, depending upon where Jupiter, Mars, Ketu, etc. are placed, these people make excellent psychologists, psychiatrists, counsellors, student counsellors of kind. Because they love to deal with aspects of the mind. That's where Rahu wants to go here, bring it to the world. Let us see Pada by Pada now. Now, if you are new to my channel, you and if you have been through the previous Rahu Ketu videos, as usual, you can skip the middle part where I give introduction to what the hell is this Rahu Ketu about, the classical text and the interpretations, and go to directly the pie chart where I do Pada by Pada analysis. Okay, let's go. So, number one, 
the classical characteristics of Rahu and Ketu as described by the classical Vedic literature. Okay, what is Rahu and Ketu? These are the north and the south nodes of the moon found by the virtual points which are the intersection points between orbit of the moon around the earth and orbit of the earth around the sun. So basically if you take two eclipses, ellipses, it will form two intersection points. Yeah. So these two intersection points are called the north node and the south node. They are virtual nodes although they behave like planets and we shall see why in a minute. So who is Rahu? The symbols are there like a horseshoe and the reverse horseshoe. right? This is typically how it is portrayed in Western astrology. So I am using the same symbol here. Rahu is mythologically depicted as the severed head of a demon symbolizing constant, endless, insatiable hunger and appetite, be it sensual or physical, yet it is unable to hold on to or grasp it. Rahu is the one who constantly wants something. Think of it as a live head only, not the body. Okay, So it can't hold on to anything or be satisfied even if it gets that thing, since it has no arms or body or stomach, right? just a head which is alive. This gives Rahu the title of Bhogakaraka or meaning one who is after sensory materialistic pursuits. So think any earth sign for example, they want sensory materialistic pursuits or think any of the signs literally whatever they are after, Rahu wants that and wants that very badly and goes after it with everything. This is an energy in us by the way, it is not a planet, it's a virtual node but it will behave like a planet which we shall see why. So it is unable to satisfy that hunger or hold on to anything even though it gets something. It wants to move on to the next and then to the next and then to the next. This is why Varahu is also called as the guy who wants foreign things, not of the native land or not of what the person is natively born in. Why? Because of that insatiable hunger. There is always insatiable hunger to go after one thing after the another without being able to hold on to it. That's Rahu. Ketu, on the other hand, is mythologically depicted as the severed body, the remaining half of the demon, symbolizing constant, endless, insatiable search for identity. It is looking for the head, but it doesn't have a head. So it is looking for that identity. Everybody's identity, ego is centered in the head, what you look like, right? It is also seeking for true purpose, sense of self. As a result of this, it tries to hold and grab on to everything that it can find its hands on because it has got hands. Ketu has got hands. It's trying to hold on to everything but it releases immediately because it knows that's not the head. It's like trying to grasp on to everything thinking oh I want this or I am this, I am that, I am this. Not getting any identity because it's not finding the head there. Since it has arms and walks everywhere, it goes around through life walking from place to place, people, situation, circumstances, but not knowing who or what it is. It doesn't have a head. This is why Ketu is referred to as Mokshakaraka or the seeker's path, the one energy in us which seeks something. That's why Ketu is called the Mokshakaraka. Now this is the classical interpretation. Okay. Now we shall see how this plays out in the modern interpretation. Very important to connect the bridges. Now here you have the Rahu Ketu general characteristics as modern interpretation. This I have borrowed from the book Light on Life by Robert Suvada. Excellent book. I have put it in the community tab if you want to go through it or purchase it and read it. I seriously suggest that. 
Okay, the north node of the moon, Rahu. What does it become because of the characteristics which classically is told in the texts? What does Rahu lead to in the modern context? Rahu is responsible for originality, individuality, independence, insight, ingenuity, inspiration and imagination on the positive side. Because Rahu and Ketu both love to explore foreign stuff, things out of the box, things not taught by tradition, Rahu and Ketu will be anything but traditional. Okay? Think of it as something foreign to the culture, to the way you are taught things. Looking for original stuff. If there is one singular force that is responsible for creating everything that we keep modernizing, so to speak, thinking out of the box, it is this. That's why it's important to pay attention to this. Okay, back to this. So Rahu on the downside becomes leads to confusion, escapism, neurosis, psychosis, deception, addiction, vagueness, illusion and delusion. This is the downside. Now how this plays out and why we will have to see individually in the charts. We shall see that. Okay. Ketu. Ketu, the guy with only the body, no head there, is gives us the feeling of universality, impressionability, idealism, intuition, compassion, spirituality, self-sacrifice, subtleness on the positive side. On the downside, it can lead to eccentricity, fanaticism, explosiveness, violence, unconventionality, amorality, iconoclasm, impulsiveness and emotional tensions. This is on the downside. This is what it plays out and Rahu Ketu is typically an axis like we shown over there, right? Rahu Ketu, let me remove myself for the time being from that axis, okay? There you are. So you see it as an axis, okay? 180 degrees apart and it can play out in any one of the opposite houses. It can play out in 1, 7, 2, 8, 3, 9, 4, 10, etc, etc. We will see that later. But this axis becomes a definition point of where in your life, in your different houses, are you looking for these two aspects and they are always opposite to each other as you can see. Okay, to stand opposite to each other. So if it plays out in second house, it detaches itself from the eighth house. If Rahu is in second house, it, Ketu will be in the eighth house. You see what I mean? And so you will bring the eighth house aspect with these aspects shown here, second house with that aspect shown over there. Of course, it plays out with something called as dispositors. We shall see that next. Now, if you go to a traditional Vedic astrology, they will go on and on endlessly about dispositors. What the hell is a dispositor? It's an invented term by the Vedic astrologers. It has no meaning of its own. It shows the disposition and what's the story on this. Rahu and Ketu both are enemies of the sun and the moon. This is the basic principle. So it has the solar aspect and the lunar aspect. The solar aspect is called the dispositor and the lunar aspect is the nakshatra which gives the entire characteristics and the ball game of Rahu and Ketu. Okay? The solar or the dispositor means since Rahu and Ketu are enemies with the sun and do not have a full identity of their own. Remember it's a virtual node. It is not a planet. They both do not have any planetary characteristic individually so they take on the identity or the disposition of the lord of the zodiac sign that they sit in and borrow the attributes of the house from which that lord sits in suppose mercury is in the third house okay and rahu sits in the house of mercury somewhere else so it will borrow the 
attributes of Mercury sitting in that third house and bring it to that particular house, wherever Rahu is sitting in. Got it? Nakshatras. Since Rahu and Ketu are enemies with the moon and do not have a full identity of their own, individually they take on the shade of personality. Nakshatra is essentially a shade of personality. It's coloring of a personality. It's seeing the world through different colored glasses that they sit in and borrow the nakshatra traits and attributes which color their propensities. So Rahu and Ketu do two things at the same time. At the solar level, it goes with the dispositor, that is all of the planets, physical planets, Mercury, Mars, Venus, Sun, Moon, so on. So they take on the attributes of whichever house they are sitting. If it sits in Rahu sits in Cancer, it will you have to look for where Moon is sitting, which house, and what it is doing there, and even the Moon nakshatra. If it is sitting in Leo, Rahu in Leo, that means it you have to look for where Sun is sitting and which nakshatra and which house. So it will bring those attributes. That's the way you have to analyze this. Okay. Let's see some aspects of which house they play in and why. Now there are some vital aspects that you keep, need to keep in mind when evaluating Rahu and Ketu because this is important for, especially for people who are sort of looking for self-development to understand where they are coming from. If you are not interested in changing yourself, this entire channel is useless for you. But if the other one who is interested in knowing what is happening in my life, where do I need to go, what are my talents and you question these kinds of things, excuse the noise somebody is drilling about. So then you need to understand these aspects. Now that's the typical chart, Indian chart. And house numbers are depicted as 1, 2, 3, 4, up till 12. Dharma, Artha, Kama, Moksha is there. And I have stuck Rahu Ketu as possible axis on the 1, 7. That is Aries and Libra. That is the top and the bottom. So either it can go to house number 1 or 7. Rahu Ketu can be reversed. It's okay. It doesn't matter. Or in 4 and 10. Now, 1, 4, 7 and 10 in Vedic Astrology are given very vital importance because they are the foundational aspects that define who you are, that define how you operate in life, throughout life. So, these become crucial. Why? The 1, 7 axis effects, if Rahu and Ketu fall on there, has a direct effect on your self and other concept. 1 and 7 is self and other. How you relate to yourself and how you relate, look at the world around you as others including the spouse because seventh house is the house of the spouse but also others so how you develop through life and how you develop a relationship with others so it defines who you are in a very broad sense one seven axis of rahu ketu the four ten on the other hand fourth house being the house of the mother tenth being father fourth being home tenth being career you see this has a you know all kinds of implications which define who you are the 410 axis has effects on the heart versus mind. Mind wants to, is the one who goes out there in the world and being used in the career, right? You dissipate your energy as the mind in the external world. Heart is your home, your home center where you feel comfortable. Home is where the heart is, that kind of a thing. So heart and home is affected by this Rahu Ketu axis. Again, Rahu and Ketu might be reversed. Rahu might be in the fourth, Ketu might be in the tenth or vice versa. Same way with one and seven. But these are the vital relating aspects of Rahu and Ketu. Now what about the rest of the houses? Now rest of the houses are called Trikona or Kona. 
in sanskrit right these are the things that come and go in your life let it be second house third house fifth house sixth eighth ninth eleventh and twelfth these are the things that come and go in our life through life through your entire life these are things that are added into subtracted from us but this is not us one four seven and ten is us everything else is secondary which revolves around you as life comes and goes all other axes depict what attachments and detachments we have towards different areas of our life that's all it is they are less significant in terms of rahu and ketu when compared to 1 7 4 and 10 axis of rahu and ketu please remember this when you evaluating you just have more propensity towards one part of life and less towards others rahu is attachment ketu is detachment rahu is expansion ketu is reduction and they stand opposite to each other all this right now let's take the cases one by one now we begin with the fourth pada of jeshta now the fourth and the third pada which you see marked there both will be the gandanta points the strongly karmic change which this person is required to solve some very very strong karmic lessons in life this rahu and ketu if it's in your birth chart take note of it you will be undergoing transformation in your life period doesn't matter where you are which culture you are born in you will go transformation because this is in the gandanta point and so is mula nakshatra of first and second pada there because it is going from water to fire sign now in the first pada again artha moksha so scorpio meaning we are talking mars and ketu as the dispositor ketu is not any other behavior except where its planet stands which our house it stands in and tor and going into taurus in virgo right mrigshirsha but now it is in taurus you can see there the second pada of mrigshira so although the rahu is transiting only jeshta nakshatra now we are talking about jeshta nakshatra but ketu while this transit is going on is moving between mrigshirsha which is the first and second are in taurus and going into rohini in taurus so we are covering taurus and scorpio again taurus scorpio is an intensely opposite nature of materialism to spiritualism attachment to detachment i want stuff versus i don't want stuff okay so ketu here in navamsha goes to virgo so where dispositor becomes about mercury about materialistic gains now ketu doesn't do well in materialism ketu does well in moksha ketu does well in seeking higher knowledge pursuits wisdom it's interested in those kinds of things because it is seeking identity in navamsha whereas rahu is placed in pisces scorpio going into pisces so it's sort of an ascendance of emotional learning emotional wisdom graduation of emotional wisdom you might say that's what rahu gives in this particular pada the fourth pada of jeshta and think of course Jishanakshatra. What are the themes? It is the psychology of being an elder one. All the issues of being an elder one in the family. The elder one being criticized. The elder one not feeling wanted, not feeling welcome, not feeling loved enough. Think of all the themes as an if you are an elder person in the family amongst the siblings. What all responsibilities you have to go? All of the elder themes in the family. wherever it's concerned the eldest of the family or maybe even the youngest who feels like the eldest is centered around jeshta nakshatra so rahu in jeshta wants to 
will follow the theme of Jeshtha Nakshatra who will want to be like the boss, who will want to be like, I know better than you, who will want to be like, I know who you are, I know better wisdom than you. And so it becomes a thing of not listening to good advice, not listening to counsel, not listening to other people. And being in Scorpio, it's a fixed sign. So it's got a lot of internal egotistical tussle going on all the time with this Rahu. Pretty intense, I told you. Scorpio, only intensity, intensity, intensity. Let's see the third Pada. So in the third Pada, it goes into Leo Aquarius segment, right? Which is Dharma coming into Kama. Meaning, you have to get the Ketu, if it sits in Dharma, it wants to bring in wisdom from the past life. Just remember that as a point. Ketu, if it sits in the Dharma Pada, it wants to bring in knowledge from past life. What is the knowledge of past life it has? It has Leo, it has Sun, it has ancestral energy. Taurus going into Leo will be bringing about wisdom from ancestors. But Rahu is sitting in Aquarius. It does very well in Aquarius. So it will go on, bring want to bring this as knowledge for the world. That means these people can become things which are very opposite because it is Scorpio it can become very intense leaders very emotionally driven leaders motivators who can emotionally motivate large crowds could be a good thing I'm taking the positive sides become excellent emotional coaches emotional counselors become even public speakers on platforms like YouTube who who know what is an emotional body. Let's just put it that way. These people can do very well in that. But for that, they need to bring in their ancestral energy. We keep forgetting this ancestral energy business a lot. Hopefully, I'll cover it in the future videos. But ancestral energy is so powerful, is so necessary. We all have a family lineage. We are born in this body, gifted by our ancestors. Parents, grandparents, great-grandparents and so on and so forth, right up the ladder. This body belongs to them, not to us. You know. Let's talk about Pada 2. Now, in Pada 2, it goes between Cancer to Capricorn. When you go Moksha Pada to Artha Pada, meaning, and Ketu sits in Moksha Pada, it does very well in Moksha Pada, meaning Dharma and Moksha are the, are the strong points of Ketu. But in Moksha Pada, it is bringing great wisdom from a water sign, in this case, it being Cancer, so it's bringing very motherly energies. The energies of the land, Cancer stands for the land, water, emotion. So Ketu has that wisdom and now it's bringing it to Jeshta in Capricorn. Capricorn, it, Rahu does very well because it's a grounded sign. It's a materialistic sign. It wants to go and get stuff done in the physical world. So it becomes grounded. It's like finding the head. Rahu finds himself here. It's like, ah, I know what to do now. I do this and this and this and this and this. So Rahu in this Arthapada shines and Capricorn, dispositor being Saturn. So you'll have to see in the Navamsha where the Saturn is lying. You might even have to see the 10th divisional chart if you want to see if they're making a career out of it. But it does very well in this. This is a more grounded Pada. You see now how, if you've gone through all my Rahu Ketu videos, how the Pada becomes so crucial to understand. From one Pada to another, the angle changes just by 3 degrees 20 minutes. But it makes all the difference in life. All the difference in life. Let's take the last, the first Pada of Jeshtha. 
so in the first Padavjeshta, we have the axis of, well, Gemini and Sagittarius. Okay, so the student and the teacher dynamic. Okay, Gemini here, these people will be very, very mental in their approach. Now, these are the ones who will make good shrinks, good psychiatrists, good, uh, yeah, psychiatrists, psychologists, right? Because Sagittarius and Gemini are the axis in Avamsha of Jupiter and Mercury. So it's all about intellect. Intellectualizing emotions. Because it's still an emotional sign, Scorpio. So this is how Rahu will work here. So you got to check the dispositors in Navamsha. You got to check for Mars and Ketu. For how the Rahu is acting between the natal and Navamsha. And you got to check Taurus sign also where the materialistic detachment is there. I don't want material stuff. What will you do with all these cars and fancy houses? Nothing. They are not interested in it. So this is how it works here. Okay. Next we shall be doing Anuradha Nakshatra. The second aspect of Scorpio which is very different from Jeshta. Okay. And if you don't know where, what the, each one of these nakshatras really mean, you can check out my playlist, 27 nakshatras, it's just that simple. You will find the meanings of the life themes of each one. Okay. Take care, be safe. I'll see you in the next one.